From the protectors of the internet, the Wisconsin Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, it's the PKO Podcast. Welcome to the PKO Podcast. My name is Kagan and I've got Ryan here today. Ryan, how's it going? It's going really well, Kagan. We're winding down the back end of the year here and looking forward to a little bit of time off, hopefully, to relax, as I think a lot of folks are this time of year. So good to be here for one more podcast, and I appreciate the opportunity to come back to close out the year. Yeah, that's great. You know, the holiday season's always a blast, but uh, before we dive in fully, you know we have to have our monthly joke. Waiting for it anxiously, Kagan. What do you got for me this month? So uh, what do fishermen post on the Internet? What do fishermen post on the Internet? I have no idea, Kagan. What do fishermen post on the internet? Clickbait. You post clickbait. There you go. And that's actually a good one to end on for the year. That's pretty decent. And I would not have thought of clickbait, but it's pretty catchy there. And I might have to take that home to my kids as well. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I was like, I had to find a way to go out with a bang there. Uh, So, you know, Ryan, I've I've brought an app for us to discuss today, and it's Discord. Um, At this point, it's a a pretty well-established app that is designed to kind of help users talk to each other in real time. Uh, users can utilize their accounts to speak, you know, one-on-one through message or voice channels in large group, you know, like via voice or text, as I said, and more. Uh, Discord kind of started out as a platform mainly for gamers to chat with each other while playing, but it's now really expanded to a place that's much larger. It's where people can kind of create communities, or often known as Discord servers, about virtually any topic under the sun. You know, Ryan, what can you initially share about Discord with us? Well, I think a couple things that you pointed out there is that uh, individuals that have uh, maybe kids or grandkids that are into gaming have possibly heard of Discord because it was uh, traditionally kind of a gaming platform that we saw maybe over the last four to six years really start to evolve as just that, a place where gamers could talk in real time while they were performing online gaming. And as you said, that's really evolved over the last several years to all continue to include gaming, but really to have a wide variety of conversational topics that can occur on there. And I think one word that's important to point out that you talked about right away is the word servers. And that can be intimidating for us as parents or others that oversee children is that we hear Discord talk a lot of times about the the servers that kids are part of on there. And that can't really scare us away from being proactive for safety on it. When we hear the word servers, sometimes we start to think about the IT realm of things and that I don't have any IT background and they're talking about these servers with Discord and I'm not going to understand it, so we just go away from it. That server is just a fancy way of saying a a chat room or a chat platform like any other platform that's out there. We just call them servers on Discord. So that word itself shouldn't intimidate us. And it's an application that um, has a lot of very valid uses um, that we've seen evolve over the course of time. But as with any platform that's out there, it's also important for us to focus on safety um, of our children that are online just based on some of the exposures that they can have on Discord. No, I I certainly agree. And I, as always, want to preface before we dive into some of the concerns we have, Discord does have a lot of that utility. Um, You know, Ryan was mentioning there are positive, you know, pieces to this, Uh, especially, you know, during COVID, you know, the community servers that individuals can make really helped broach long distance friendships and uh, offers things like multi-video communication, ways to share experiences so that, you know, only those that have access to those servers um, that Ryan was talking about can really see what is shared. So you can kind of keep that personal information between those that you share within your server. <clears throat> but, you know, as always, uh, with these user-controlled servers, there are some concerns, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the main concerns that we would have, again, revolve around some of the exposures to inappropriate content, 
or potentially harmful individuals that may be chatting with children on Discord, just like any other application. Um, so especially since, you know, there's many servers um, that aren't directly moderated um, on Discord, like some of the traditional social media applications, that makes it a little more important for us as parents or others that oversee kids to make sure that we're monitoring activity like we always do, but especially with Discord because we don't see some of the moderation sometimes to some of those conversations that we may see on some of the other platforms that kids are on these days. Yeah, and that's a bit scary for us because the thing is, is any user can create a server. Uh, you can make an account, create a server right away and start adding people to it. Um, once you get added into a server, if it's not one that's run by you, anyone can hop in and, and be joined in by it by that person who runs it. So um, while it might be the case that a individual has set up a server for themselves and they know who's all within it, if they join a different one, who's to say who's all within there? Um, and it's not always just about that explicit content that we are kind of worried about too, but there's also the danger of things like misinformation or cyberbullying and scams. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's definitely a platform where anonymity is, is very possible, Kagan. Um, so I think users, especially kids, really need just to be educated and to be cautious and proceed with caution um, when communicating with others. And um, we've preached these lessons before on some of the other social media platforms, and it certainly rings true for Discord as well. Yeah, so with that information in mind, how can users, especially our younger ones, stay safe? Well, first off, I would say, you know, privacy settings are very important. So make sure that you've adjusted your settings um, so that you're not being unnecessarily exposed. An example of that would be um, limiting who can send you friend requests. So we can go in and we can change those settings, um, limiting or making a very narrow scope of individuals that can reach out to us on Discord. And that's something as parents we can look at too, is have our children take us into those settings, show us where the friend requests come from, and take a look at that as a parent or guardian to be able to limit those friend requests Quest, uh, opportunities that children have on Discord, um, and also who can join your servers. If our children have set up their own servers for, a, say, a gaming platform or some other type of social group that they're part of, um, there are ways to limit the individuals that can become involved with those servers. So taking a look, and again, at those privacy settings, making sure they're set up to really limit the scope of individuals that can come into those servers is one very quick way that within five or 10 minutes, we can change some of those settings and really narrow the, the outreach of individuals that can be coming in contact with us on Discord that prevents a lot of those exposures we talk about. No, that's a really great tip. And, uh, you know, for parents, it's really essential to be involved, like it is for most of the apps or games that, you know, our kiddos are playing with. Um, it's important to really know what servers your children are a part of. Uh, we actually do recommend maybe consider making a family server so you can kind of get a feel for the app and the Discord experience. It's not something you have to use all the time, but knowing what your children might be utilizing themselves and how it functions and, you know, the words that they throw out of like, what is a server or what is a mod, you might be able to parse some of that out by making one yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, have contact with your children and ask them, and maybe you'll surprise them just by your use of the verbiage of servers and ask them directly, what, what servers are you involved with on Discord? Have them show you, you know, rather than discussing it, take some time to actually be invested in looking at the servers they're involved in too. So look at some of that chat activity, have them show you uh, proactively a little bit some of the chat activity that's occurring. So it's something that you're comfortable with as a parent in the conversations that your children are having. And then I would revert back to kind of our golden age and that is just not sharing personal information. So like any other platform that we talk about, not sharing our real name or address or school phone number, all of that very private personal information that we don't want to expose to other individuals um, rings true again on Discord, just like it does on all the other social media applications we talk about. 
Yeah, that's absolutely so true. And, you know, as always, like we try to share with children, you know, when we go do the safety presentations, when we're talking to our own kids at home, uh, is to just make sure that they know that if something feels off or someone's making your child feel uncomfortable, um, tell them just to trust their instincts. They are capable of making sure that they are safe and just helping guide them to be able to do that. You know, we always recommend users to report, block, or, you know, leave a server or conversation if something is not quite right or going wrong. You know, whether it's something very big or even if it seems little, sometimes just removing yourself or another from the equation is the most crucial first step towards that safety and well-being. Yeah, so I think talking to children first off about uh, if they are exposed to something that makes um, them feel uncomfortable or is inappropriate, whether it's in a sexual nature or, or maybe cyberbullying, anything that we talk about when it comes to online safety, making sure they retain those communications to show to you because sometimes when children are exposed to something like that, it's their first instinct to delete those conversations. And while we can sometimes get those back from an investigative standpoint, oftentimes we can't. And as many of these platforms such as Discord and the other platforms are kind of overwhelmed with information and users these days, the retention periods for a lot of that content is oftentimes very short. So one of the most direct ways that we can get that content sometimes is to be able to get it from the users if a report's going to be made. So talk to children about retaining that information to be able to not only report it to you as a parent or an adult, but also to directly show you what was occurring that made them uncomfortable so you can assess it for yourself as well. I and mean, as always, keep those lines of communication open. So if you're a parent, encourage your child to come to you you know, with these concerns. If you're a user, you know, talk to somebody you trust um, if there's something that doesn't feel right. So sometimes children are not comfortable talking to a parent, but having somebody they can trust. Talk to your children about if you're not comfortable saying something to me, who's another trusted adult that you could talk to if somebody was making you feel uncomfortable online? Um, and one thing that we've heard um, about from families that's been successful is, you know, maybe a child's not comfortable talking about a topic, especially if it's a sexual in nature topic, directly with you if something happened about online exploitation, but just having a box where they can actually write a question down rather than having to verbally address that question to you. So if they have a question of something happened and they want to ask you about it directly, maybe just have some place where they can write out the question for you so you can bring the response back in that form. Um, it's been something that's worked very well for families over the course of time for us in the last several years, I'd say. Yeah. No, I, I really like those. Thanks for sharing that, Ryan. You know, internet safety is that community effort, right? Sometimes we do need to rely on other individuals in our in our families and in our, you know, peers and friends as well. So we should really all do our best to do our part, try to be educated and help protect one another. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what I do want to say again, and you kind of said it from the beginning, Kagan, is there are positive aspects to Discord. So I don't want a parent to hear Discord and go, oh my goodness, another application I don't know anything about. No, you can't have that. Um, Discord, like any other application, has very many um, positive aspects. So um, as you said earlier, it's been a lifeline for a lot of children and a lot of other individuals during the, the pandemic and since. Um, so it's allowed people to stay connected. Um, they can find communities that have shared interests. So if it's not gaming, maybe it's a sports interest or some other life interest that you have, there's probably a community or a server for it on Discord that allows us to interact with other individuals that have likewise interests. I mean, we find businesses that are conducting business on Discord these days. Um, there are educational sessions that are taking place on Discord. So there are a lot of very positive uses. It's just a matter of mitigating out some of those negative influences that can come to us um, while we're using Discord in a positive, proactive manner. 
And uh, one other thing, we touched about those potential exposures to harmful content uh, concerns, but there are also some other phenomena we're worried about. One of those main ones is echo chambers. Could you talk a bit more about that, Ryan? Yeah, so what we hear about with this echo chambers is just kind of this concern of kind of one-minded thinking, that people get very tunnel-visioned about their way of thinking, and sometimes it narrows our thought process a little bit. So these servers can be very community-specific, meaning they're very, um, you know, focused on a, an interest area that a child may have going in. Um, and when you have that, though, there's always a risk of only hearing opinions or views that align with your own. And this can give you a very narrow perspective um, and sometimes helps to amplify false information, too. So it's just very, um, I, I would say, just an area of caution outside of even some of the common things we talk about with the, the sexual exploitation of children is just those echo chambers and just making sure that we're not getting too tunnel visioned on, you know, one thought set or idea set because it can become very narrow sometimes in some of these servers when you're in a focus-specific group and just keeping an open mindset and not getting tunnel vision on some of those thought processes. Right. And while Discord promotes community building, it can also foster like those exclusionary groups or even, you know, extremist groups or stuff that we can worry about sometimes, especially nowadays. We really want to be conscientious how this is particularly concerning for our more impressionable young users who might find themselves in these spaces without realizing the harm. Some of these start off very simple and easy and then get invited maybe to another server or a smaller chat group that starts to kind of talk about these topics. Yeah, so I think it really emphasizes just the need to have some media literacy and, and also some critical thinking uh, when we're in some of these servers. So just, uh, you know, monitoring what your children are talking about and, and just making sure that they're not in some of these groups that really get in this narrow-minded mindset sometimes. Uh, so we can certainly recommend, you know, that parents would share with their children um, that if they're unsure about something someone has said or done, just to ask again, even though it's not something sexual exploitation we would normally talk about or think about as the focus of maybe our podcast or our investigative tasks. Um, we can ask some of those same questions, though, when it comes to the conversations that are occurring in our group. So keeping the lines of communications open, I would say, across all topic lines that occur on Discord um, is very important. And I would just say, too, just to encourage our children to be very kind of wary or cautious of unexpected direct messages from unknown users or sometimes bots as we call them or computer generated messages so we see these bots that may send messages with young children sometimes they have a link in them those links oftentimes can contain viruses um, that expose other personal information um, you know that the children don't want exposed so certainly not you know accepting direct messages from somebody we don't know clicking on links that we're not comfortable with all can be ways that we can share personal information without directly sending it to somebody yep and that kind of brings us to like our last point or like kind of last keyword to be mindful of and that's direct messages or dms if you've hear you know heard your children talk about that these are private chats that um go directly one-on-one -on -one between two users just like text messages between a one-on-one -on -one person just typically over a singular platform. And this is where we can see some of these problematic interactions. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, direct messaging, private messaging, a very common way for um, users to communicate and especially youth these days. So it's just crucial for users to remember and for us to tell children as well that just because it's a direct message from somebody does not mean that that's a safe message. We always need to be cautious about who we're chatting with and again, what information we're sharing, whether it's in an open public platform or in a direct one-on-one -on -one message with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And this, parents, is where, you know, periodic check-ins can really help, right? Ensuring your children understand the risk and, you know, feeling comfortable coming to you with concerns. This is where we want to see what servers maybe they're on or maybe who's chatting with them one-on-one -on -one. and if it's people that they know maybe from the school or your local area or sports groups or what have you 
or if it's a different person they've met through one of these servers. Yeah, absolutely. So again, we don't want to extol too much gloom here um, by any means, right? So Discord is a solid platform when it's used responsibly. Um, lot, there are a lot of servers out there that are dedicated to positive causes. They're educational and learning tools, and they genuinely do promote community building. So it's about finding that balance, though, and um, taking the positives that Discord has to offer, while also, again, as I said earlier, mitigating out some of the negative things that can come and having those same proactive conversations that we would have on any other social media platform, just make them specific to discord checking in on our children and make sure we're monitoring the activity that's occurring there well ryan i uh, i appreciate your time and insight on these topics as always you know for folks out there please reach out with any questions you may have and as always stay safe